Hello and welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. I'm back from a little bit of a sabbatical, if you want to call it that, as I was uh, spending some time getting back into the fall uh, with my kiddos, as well as spending some time letting my body heal from a really nasty cold, if you can tell in my voice. But today we're going to dive back into what it looks like to be a woman in leadership in America right now. And certainly since my last podcast, so much has transpired around the United States and around the world and stuff is heavy. The air feels heavy. I think I'm not alone in saying that. There is a sense of strife and division no matter where you're at. There are topics locally, throughout states, throughout the country that are um, dividing and creating a lot of pressure, especially for leaders as they navigate through some of the constant changes. So today I'm going to get a little vulnerable and talk about an area that I struggle with, and I know not everyone will identify with this, but when life is happening and things, um, you know, we're hitting the, the ground running, a lot of times I struggle to find time or make time or prioritize my life to process the emotions that are going with the news and the world in my life. I am not a person who wants to spend time sitting in my emotions. And I think there's probably a lot of women in leadership who probably identify with that. And I hope I'm right in that. I know a lot of my friends, no matter their personality types, even even if they're a person who can process emotions well, Sometimes it just comes down to having time when the world is just coming at you as fast as can be. And as I've mentioned in other podcasts, we have this added layer of living through a pandemic where decisions have to be made in a moment's notice and the emotional weight of the consequences of all those decisions weigh heavy on leaders' hearts. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that, what emotions look like, how to dive in, Hopefully, in the comments on social media, people will have suggestions for me as I navigate through this. But today, we're all about getting into our feels. Welcome. I'm your host, Liz Mayfield. The hustle culture, while occasionally alluring, has never really worked out for me. I strive for intention. Sometimes that intention leads me to pour my soul into a project, and other times it begs me to slow down. I'm a nonprofit executive, working mom, and I'm trying to be a better human. I started this podcast as a way to connect with amazing women who are finding the balance between more and enough. I hope you'll join me. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to episode 12 of More Than Enough. Um, As I mentioned in the intro, we're coming back from a little bit of a break. I've had kind of a very busy end of the summer, beginning of the fall. Um, And I am recovering, if you can tell from my voice, from a little bit of an upper respiratory infection. So I am definitely 
still on my recovery journey there um, and have taken some time to heal. And I'm just now kind of getting back into the swing of things. And just as I was doing that, um, ended up having kind of one hell of a week. And so um, today's episode, Into the Feelings, Into Our Feels, is really going to center a little bit around that piece of it, as well as the, the overall larger piece of grief and change in, that's happening across the globe right now. And so <clears throat> I kind of wanted to start, like I said, I don't think it's unique that uh, in the intro I mentioned, it's probably not unique to me that sometimes women in leadership struggle with how to process emotions. And then a lot of times I don't think we maybe do it the best um, because we are busy, busy people. And this is, of course, speaking for myself. And a lot of times my way of dealing with emotions have been to run to unhealthy habits, whatever that might be, um, maybe a glass of wine, maybe a box of chocolates, maybe a, any time, any, I mean, any number of thing, right? Anything to increase that dopamine and get out of the feeling stage as quick as possible. Because at the core, I am a problem solver. I think a lot of women in leadership are that too. They are labeled in their families and in their spaces and with their friend groups as the problem solver, the one, the one to go to when stuff hits the fan and we need an answer and we need to go to do what's next. And so sometimes we aren't able to solve the problem, right? Sometimes like a global pandemic or in the case of death or endings of relationships or other um, spaces where there's grief and, and brokenness, there isn't anything to fix. And I think that has been one of the themes for me um, throughout all of 2020 and through 2021 so far. The world just feels as though there is an endless amount of unfixable problems. Where I felt maybe in prior years, pr- prior to the pandemic, that sure, there were there were things in the world that were heavy and hard, but with enough ingenuity and, and uh, hard work and determination and, you know, boss babe mentality, we could come together and we could figure it out and come, up, come away a better um, community or a better society. I'll admit I've lost some of that. And I think some of it's just the, the languishing that comes with an ongoing pandemic and the pain and hurt in nearly everyone around And when it comes to their perspective of the pandemic, wherever they land, um, and they are all bringing their unique perspective and their hurt and their concerns out. And it's becoming a, you know, becoming out through behaviors and actions. And those behaviors and actions are harmful and hurtful and it creates a cycle that feels like it's never going to end. There isn't going to be an answer. Um, and I I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. It's so difficult for me, especially in leadership, to make some of these difficult decisions without no, you know, without re- really being able to solve the root issue, to get to the root issue. Because it's always changing, right? Sometimes the root issue is masking. Sometimes it's vaccine. Sometimes it's ethics. Sometimes it's quote unquote freedom. Sometimes it's 
the simple, you know, processes and, and time consuming, you know, pieces of um, leadership as it comes to, you know, staffing during a pandemic and making sure people are safe and healthy. And I mean, it's all the things, right? And there's just not an answer because every, every single topic is so complex. In addition to the pandemic, we're all just living our normal human lives that includes grief and pain and sadness and loss. And navigating that in and of itself has always been a challenge, of course, but with the added bonus of a very complex and disjointed world, um, I feel like even now there's, there's not a it's even more of a challenge, I guess, to find a, a resolution to the heavy feelings. And that's always been a struggle for me. Um, speaking from my heart, I would rather do just about anything than sit in my feelings, literally just about anything. Um, and feelings paralyze me. I find it really difficult um, when I'm really, really, really struggling with stuff or news or, and I know that it's nothing that I can practically fix, right? Um, it's, I get stuck. I get really stuck. Um, and I just get, I just freeze. And that's new for me. I would say that that's not how it's always been. Um, but I feel more and more with every new story and every decision and all the pandemic, you know, aspects of uncertainty, it's become more and more easy to become paralyzed in feelings during this time in leadership. And in leadership, as women especially, the care and concern for our people that we are interacting with, whether that be employees, clients, volunteers, um, you know, constituents, whatever the case may be, um, our ultimate goal of caring for them is, of course, for at the forefront of our minds. But it's become more and more and more important that the analogy of oxygen mask first Um is implemented, right? So it's becoming more and more evident to me that while I might have been able to sustain for a long period of time the ability to navigate these challenging decisions, I now have to put my oxygen mask on first. I always should have been, by the way. <laughs> we all should be um, taking care of ourselves as well, first and foremost. Um, so if anything, it's become clearer during this difficult time in decision-making and leadership that it's ever, ever more important to do that. So today I want to kind of talk of, about a few things that I have found to be useful. Um, that being said, I, I'm still, my friends and family will absolutely attest and hold me accountable to say that I'm still learning these things. Um, and hopefully this is helpful for someone out there. If you're, if you're one who isn't used to sitting in feelings or if it makes you uncomfortable, this, this one's for you um, because that's me as well. Um, so number one, I think the main, the main thing and the main lesson I've taken away um, from the last couple of years has been taking time and asking for time and space to, for what you need. Um, because of the way that most women live their lives. We, we have 1 million tabs open. We are managing the nuances of household and family and kids and long-term planning and short-term planning and the next 24-hour planning and the next week planning and our next vacation planning. And all of those things are open and all the tabs are open. 
and, and we have partners, potentially some of us have partners that are helpful um, in closing some of those or passing, you know, taking the, passing the baton to, but I would venture to say, and research backs up that women are the ones who are often the most natural planners in that sense, who we have those, those tabs open. And what happens when life hits hard, when someone we love passes away or gets a devastating diagnosis or relationships end or any of that is happening? Um, a lot of times I find myself just flipping to the next tab, like, oh, that's really hard. That's really hard. But you know what? I'm going to throw myself into this thing or maybe not even a conscious choice. It's just like, yeah, I know that I'm sad about that or that I need to deal with that, but I have 75 other things going on right now that I need to deal with first. Um, and so sometimes I've figured out about myself finally <laughs> um, that in those times I have to take and ask for space and time and, and it has to be identified in my mind as a need, not a want. This gets really tricky. And it's tricky for me too because I think – a lot of times I feel very guilty. Like if I, if I say to my family, like I've, you know, I'm, I'm at whatever end of whatever rope, or I've had a very, very difficult day with a lot of heavy decisions and I've got stuff weighing on my mind. And, um, I, you know, ask for space, for example, when I get home to myself, like, Hey, I just need some space in my bedroom or to hang, or I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee before I come home or whatever the case may be. I have an amazing supportive family who 100% are like, oh, absolutely, we'll see you when you get home. But that doesn't appease the guilt that I feel when I'm sitting there and I could be at home um, with my kids or my family, or I could be working or I could be doing any number of things except for taking time and space to myself. So getting over that guilt and that feeling of um, the feeling, I think the feeling of uh, missing the mark or disappointing someone has always uh, has, has been a priority over disappointing myself or giving giving myself what I need. And that has to change. And that's something I've absolutely learned. Um, and I think that's a leadership skill, right? I think there's a lot of great um, leaders out there who will talk about filling your own bucket first um, and taking that moment and time to say, okay, I, I have to acknowledge that, that today was a heavy day. And I have a lot of I have a lot of heavy things happening, and so first and foremost, I have to take time to process those things. I have to. And when you frame it as a need and not a want, right? It's not that I want to. It's not that I, you know, like selfishly, I really want some time to myself. It is a need. It is a need. Your your body and your mind and your soul is is indicating that there's something heavy and there's a weight to it. And so taking time and asking for what you need, even when it may be easier, it may be so much easier to go and move on to the next tab and say, oh, nope, you know what, I, I, might, be, I might be feeling heavy, but I, you know, I've got to go to the store and I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. Um, asking for what you need is important and taking it. And that could be a mental health day. That could be a... Um, finding a babysitter or asking for space for, uh, you know, from friends and family to get a little time um, to do your work and your processing. And it could just be within yourself, just giving yourself permission to say, you know what, it really isn't as important that every square inch of my house is clean this weekend. What's really important is that I take time to, to process some of these heavy things because my body and soul 
you know, are telling me it's heavy. Okay, so time and space is huge for me. Um, and it's, a, and again, framing it as a need and not a want has been really pivotal for me. Also want to talk about my privilege. I, I do have a partner who is extremely involved in a million ways and very equitable in our division of, of duties and all those things. And so um, I oftentimes don't even have to ask. It's always, it's a given that I have that space and time. It's more up to me whether I decide to take it. Um, and whether I can get over my own feelings of guilt to in addressing it as a need. That being said, I understand that's clearly a privilege. And for many single moms, especially out there, they don't have division of labor that makes that completely possible. Um, in which case, I know um, reaching out to a support system or simply letting something go that you wouldn't dive into normally that can be let go, just hitting pause on it to make time for what you need emotionally can sometimes be just as big of a victory of putting the oxygen mask on first. So the other, some of the thing else that I found to be very useful is a concept that um, I've kind of thought about for many years and used for many years, but I think it was um, most recently coined by Erin um, Moon. She's um, on the internet in several places, but she's part of the podcast media group. Um, but she said, uses something called hacking your crying. And I love this because again, sometimes I'm a doer. I want to, I want to solve the problem. I am, I would like to plan and practical what's next. We need to do this. We need to do that. Right. So when I have time and space and I've made that space and said, okay, I am, I am overwhelmed. I know I need the space. Then what do I do when I get that space? Right. So she calls it hacking your crying or to hack your crying. And I love this because it's the concept that sometimes it isn't easy to just, just because you slow down doesn't mean you can access the feelings that you might need to feel. And so sometimes when life is overwhelming and which is often lately, it does require me to think through um, and find um, things that I know bring up emotion in me. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe on her Instagram, she has a list or she shared a list before. Um, but for her, it's movies, move, scenes from movies that can be found like on, you know, clips on YouTube. Um, there's certain songs. I know for me, there's certain songs that, that I very much identify with time periods of my life that have strong emotions. Um, or maybe again, they, they go back to a book or a movie that have an emotional appeal to them. But it's the concept that it is immersing yourself in that emotional work, even if it's fiction or even if it's not um, directly related to the uh, the emotions you're currently feeling. And it allows you to start that process of maybe crying if that's what you need to do or having those reflective bigger picture thoughts. It's such a gear shift. You know, it's such a, it's such a stark, sometimes whiplash feeling to go from the frantic world of you know, being a leader in working and just, you know, work, 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 thinking, 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 home stuff, whatever it is, those are all fixable, typically fixable problems with an ends in, in mind. It's very different to switch gears um, and think through the emotional weight and the larger picture impacts of those emotions. And so I love to hack my crying, as it's put. I have a playlist I access sometimes. Um, I have specific scenes in movies or TV shows that have 
always gotten me emotionally. Um, and that oftentimes will open a floodgate of being able to then sit in that the feeling, sit in that feeling of sadness or grief or reflection. Um, sometimes it isn't necessarily sadness. It might just be reflection, but getting into that emotional space um, and out of the practical space. There are a lot of other things that are really popular for getting into the emotional space. Um, I've always found art to be there, very therapeutic in that. Um, just letting my hand doodle or paint or do anything that's creative can sometimes get me into that bigger picture thinking and out of the practical. And there's a ton of, of course, a million articles of very buzzwordy stuff on self-care. But of course, it looks different for everyone. Um, when I am at my, um, if I'm at the end of my emotional rope, I've had a long day, things are weighing heavy on me. There are certain things that I do as routine that I know are important. Um, usually it's like washing my face and doing like a really good full skincare routine. So I feel like fresh and clean. Um, it might include some sort of doodling. Um, I'm not a very good journaler. I don't have the attention span for it um, because I get kind of boredish doing it. So it's usually more of an art thing for me. Um, and some of those things can can launch into that bigger picture emotional space. The other thing I think I found to be really helpful is writing prompts. Um, there's a lot of books out there that are full of writing prompts. And some of them are goofy and silly and fun, and some of them are a little bit deeper. Um, but sometimes it's great to just open a page, pick a writing prompt, and start thinking through that, whether you're going to actually journal through it or whether you're just going to think on it um, or draw on it or any number of things. Um, but it's another great way to get out of the practical and into the emotional, um, getting into the bigger picture, deeper thinking, important work. Um, and this is also hard because right now it feels in the pandemic and with everything else, decision-making for leaders has been practical. We're looking very much at the day-to-day. -day. We're looking very much at what's this week going to look like, what's next week going to look like. And um, switching gears to that bigger picture is difficult. But I do think um, there are some really, I've, I found there are some really practical ways um, to do that. I also know, um, of course, that finding people, finding your group um, to be able to voice these with is also huge. Um, I know I've spoken probably before on the podcast of my love for the app Marco Polo. It is one of the best ways to connect with people um, and being able to verbally process, share emotions, share thoughts, um, think through things with friends on a wonderful limited time frame where they've got excuse me, unlimited time frame where they've got any number of hours to respond, no big deal. Um, it's not immediate, but um, it's just very, very therapeutic to have that space as well. Um, and it's helped me switch into the emotional, like having friends and family ask questions like, okay, but, you know, have you thought of this? Or how are you thinking about this? Or, you know, have you, have you tried this? Um, really, really pushes me to stay taking care of myself and stay in that emotional bigger picture um, piece of things when I am really struggling to, to um, get out of the practical. So I'm going to share this. Of course, I'll share this on all of our platforms, um, but on social media, I'm super curious if you want to share this week about how you um, are navigating 
the all the feels that are happening in the world right now. What are you doing for yourself? How are you taking care of, of you? And how are you asking for what you need? And I hope you'll think of sharing your story and your experiences with us. Okay, for today's reframe, I wanted to share a little bit from um, Young um, Pueblo's book, uh, Clarity and Connection. Uh, this is in the chapter, um, I believe, is in the chapter about the um, un, kind of unbinding. So um, when things are breaking or broken, um, which I think is <laughs> really how the world feels right now. Um, but this this piece here um, really resonated with me this week, just with personal news and um, other things weighing heavy in the world. You write, sometimes the end is sudden and you're left without closure, heartbroken and unprepared. For such a sharp change for a while, you live with a mind that is half there and half full of regret, wondering what if. For a while, your heart only feels grief and your mind only sees gray. But then life starts to call you back into its arena of possibility. It reminds you that all is not lost and that even though a chapter is ended, there's still a longer story to be told. Healing fills the tough parts of your being and you awaken the light of love within yourself. In time, you will return fully into the precious now with a heart that feels refreshed and ready to move forward. That is really my hope. Um, it really resonated with me, I think, because of the heaviness of the world, for one, but just the feeling that there is still hope. Um, there is there is. Um, there are, excuse me, amazing things um, still happening, amazing things to look forward to, and the area, the arena of possibility is there, right? It just feels very cloudy right now, and it feels hard to access, but it is there. It's easy, easy, easy to get lost in the mire, um, but in the midst of feeling the feels that we, we talked about in our, the main part of the episode, feeling um the feels is important to, and then remembering that all is not lost and that even though there might be really difficult times that have happened there is still hope and there's this arena of possibility waiting um it's hard to feel that way right now everything feels a little bit endless um but i do believe that to be true and i do believe that even amongst the hard gray areas of grief there is still um celebration and life and beauty all around us so that's what i'm hoping to focus on this week thank you for joining me for today's episode more resources and information is available in the show notes or you can visit more-enough.com I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'd be very grateful if you would leave a review and share it. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or topics that you'd like me to touch on, connect with me via the contact button on my website, more-enough.com, or you can leave me a voice message for future episodes by clicking the link in the episode resources below. Thank you so much for taking time to connect with me today.